Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome everyone to the Aging Fearlessly program today. Thanks listeners for tuning in. I was recently introduced to my special guest today through a mutual friend. Carol O'Halloran resides in Melbourne, Australia. She is a very, very energetic woman and I am so lucky that she has decided today that she will grace us with her presence and join us on the Aging Fearlessly program. So welcome, Carol. Hi, Karen. Fabulous to be here. I love Aging Fearlessly. It's right on the mark. Carol, your energy is infectious and I'm learning more and more about you each week now. I read lots of stuff about you and I've been on your program Tell us a few things about you. What is it that you do and specialise in? Well, I specialise in the over 50s. And it's amazing because I actually started working with over 50s when I was only 31. And why did you do that? (laughs) Uh, Because I was involved in a project with a grant, put together a fitness video for the over 50s. Yep. And so that uh, that was when VHS was in. So I started working with the over 50s back in 1987 or something like that. Yes, that sounds about the time in my life that I was involved in the fitness industry too. Not in the way you were, but I I was involved with the fitness industry. So um, at that time, I mean, I had a history before that. I'd produced a vinyl exercise record that, you know, broke three world records became a gold record. And then when the fitness video for the over 50s came about, I actually ended up traveling around Australia and Tasmania. Well, Tasmania is part of Australia, training fitness instructors on working with that demographic. What was the specialty in the fitness industry that you were involved in? Well, it was called Gentle Exercise. So I was one of the founding members of the Gentle Exercise Association. And it was targeting primarily the over 50s, but my realm was overweight, unfit, over 50, because the program was suitable for those three demographics. Mm. And a lot of over 50s at that stage, you know, I hear people say, oh, but I'm not very fit and I can't exercise, so what's the use of going on a diet? It's sort of like um, self prophesizing that you can't actually achieve a goal of losing weight and getting fit. Yeah, well, you're never too late to start moving your body. I mean, you can even move your body while you're sitting in a chair. So, I mean, chair exercise has always been part of what I've been um, teaching as well and choreographing. And on my show um, at the moment, my TV show, I do incorporate some chair exercise too. And I'm always encouraging viewers to be exercising, even if they're not standing up and moving around. So you travelled the world doing this? I trained instructors in seven countries. Um, Southeast Asia and 
basically Southeast Asia and New Zealand and Australia. That's a lot of countries to be working in. And you're teaching these thousands of people face-to-face. How did that work? Well, I was always training the instructors. So yeah. working with all the instructors, getting them out there. I mean, prior to that, you know, when I did the vinyl fitness record, I was, you know, face-to-face with up to 400 people in one class. So, so yeah. I reached a lot of um, people as an instructor face-to-face and then I carried all the things I'd learned into training other instructors. And jazzercise. Yes. Do you love jazzercise? Well, it's it was exercise, dance exercise to music. I mean, that's what it was called originally before, you know, I started teaching Keep Fit um, when I, way, way back. And then Keep Fit became jazzercise and then jazzercise became aerobics and it's all exercise to music. Do you remember, and I'm I'm dragging up memories out of my my past and the fitness industry when we wore, you know, the little leggings and the little tiny leotards and we got and I laugh about it now and I think you really used to get out in front of classes. I used to do some down at Queenscliff Surf Club. And I also, back in the 80s, my partner's soccer team, I, if it was a rainy day, I went to a school. And we used to get the canteen area and the whole soccer team would go there and I would put them through an aerobic class. Too funny. I laugh now and go, oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, well, I have my history. I've taught classes all over the place. Um, In in New Zealand, I taught classes in 27 towns and cities. And and you'll see some photos of me wearing a leopard skin, you know, leotard, and that G-strings weren't invented, so I'd hiked the edge of it up to become a G-string, so I pulled the sides right up. and Oh, my God. With the shiny leg warmers and all that as well. I was trying to think of the name leg warmers before, but, yeah, the leg warmers were big. I had a beautiful sky blue pair, which I absolutely loved. (laughs) It does crack me up when I think about all of that. But it was fun and I was fit. And most of the people that I taught with or taught in classes were fit as well. Well, I remember right back in the early days in about 1980, there was a guy in the class that was 67 and I was thinking, he's a legend, you know, like, because back then you didn't see people over 50 going to exercise classes. No. And, And now, you know, you see people in their 60s in the local gym all the time now. Carol, your energy, and I said it earlier, is really infectious and you you love trying new things. And you recently launched a TV show called Over 50 So What? Yes, and that show is just to show that age is just a number and it doesn't matter what age you are, you can get out and try new things. In fact, trying new things is essential to keep your brain fit and help prevent dementia and Alzheimer's. So I'm very big on trying new things, regardless of what it is. And you interview lots of different people about the things they're doing. Yes. And uh, what's some of the things that you hear about that really inspire you or say, I've got to go out and have a go at that? 
Uh, well, not long ago, I had a group on called the Silver Blades, and they took up ice skating after Ooh. 50 or 60, which is the last thing if you're in that age group, you think, oh, my God, that'd be, you know, very, very hard to take up, very risky. And um, as you know, I've just broken my ankle and I'm in a moon boot. <laughs> and they are having a go at me because I run sessions on falls prevention and, you know, segments on falls prevention. So, so, but, and they say, well, I hope to see you back on the, on the ice with us next year. So I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, shall I give ice skating a go? <laughs> Have you never ice skated before? Not really, no. I did do a little bit of uh, inline skating, rollerblading. Yeah. But not really ice skating. I only tried it once or twice when I was very, very young. Well, I have ice skated at school, but it, it wasn't a sport that really grabbed me. But sports don't have to be, you know, one sport doesn't have to grab everyone. There's so many different things out there um, for people to try. Do you know one of them that I really like to try, and I have given it a go, but I need a bit of time to really um to devote to it because some some things you think, oh, I'm really going to have a go at that. It's like when I did pole dancing. But you need to put in three days a week of classes mm. to ever master anything in that sport. I really want to have a good go at, at surfing. Well, good luck with that. It's not on my list. <laughs> oh, well, it's on my list. I, I, I think, well, maybe if I can't give the whole thing of standing on a surfboard to go and I can paddle one and I can get out through the waves and I can get in but I can't stand but maybe I have to start a little um a little step down and do a bit of boogie boarding or um knee boarding or something a little bit easier than standing planning to stand on a surfboard but we we will get there we'll give it a go well, if you need some inspiration, there was a gentleman called Otto Komonos in Sydney who took up windsurfing at 73. Yes. And, and then he was still doing it till he was 89. Well, windsurfing is one that I have done a lot of in the 80s and um, my partner is actually, he races windsurfers. He really enjoys it and he keeps saying, come on, you've got to get out on a windsurfer again. And I will. But windsurfing to me is, you know, it's familiar in my head. And you know how they say when you learn a sport, it's like you, you, your muscle memory and actually takes over and will help you. But learning something new is totally a different thing. Well, I was just giving that example. He was only 73. And for him to learn a whole new skill uh, that yes. he hadn't done before at 73. And windsurfing is, you know, a pretty challenging thing to take on at 73. So for you to take on surfing, I think it'll be a easy peasy. So staying positive and healthy over 50, what are some of the things that come to mind for you that help people to stay positive and to live a healthy life? Well, uh, when I wrote the book Alive and Kicking, I interviewed a lot of Australian legends and there were lots of things there that was common between the whole lot of them and common with the way I live my life as well and that is every single one of them was active they all did regular exercise of some kind 
Mm -hmm. uh, they all ate healthily. They, you know, they might have junk food or they might have a glass of whiskey, but they didn't, only did that was occasional. It wasn't like an everyday thing. So generally they were, had really good eating habits. They all did some form of stress management and relaxation. Mm -hmm. um, and it's quite disturbing at the moment, especially with uh, lockdowns. The, you know, for mental health, how many, how much anxiety and stress there is in the over 50s. And I've been a long-term meditator since I was 21. So all of the people did some kind of relaxation stress management. And then with regards to the attitude, the big thing was they all did something they were passionate about. And so that applies to me as well, because I'm passionate about helping the over 50s and I have been so for, you know, 25 years or so. So having something to be passionate about, keeping yourself fit and looking after your stress and your diet. I think when people have a passion, it does give them something they say to get out of bed for in the morning. Is that something that you believe you know gets you out of bed in the morning it absolutely does I mean it, you know for a lot of people it could just be a hobby they might still be working um, and they might be just doing working as a means to an end but if you can follow your passion when you're not working whether it's rock and roll dancing or riding a motorbike or whatever it is um, that, then that's the key yes passion doesn't have to be leading to an income earning role or a career passion can be like a hobby something you just enjoy doing yeah and I think sometimes people get confused about having a passion and um and turning it into an income for some people that works but for most people a passion is just something they love it can be even gardening how healthy is gardening yes exactly you know, I love to sometimes get out in the garden and and it, and just, you know, get on your hands and knees and get in the dirt. And it, it's just such a good feeling to be out there and nurturing something in the ground. And I think a lot of people find their gardening. I know for my dad, when he was alive, gardening was his passion. You know, even down to scraping the seeds out of a tomato from one year's crop into a tissue and storing it for the next year's crop and getting it out and replanting it the next year. He was really passionate about those little, little details of his gardening. Well, one of the things that's really popular at the moment is the community gardens. And oh, yeah. uh, so a lot of people are getting involved with that so they can grow their own veggies. And, and recently I just went to a totally new apartment complex in the middle of Melbourne, uh, in the middle of, you know, there's buildings everywhere. And they had put a community garden on the roof so people living in the apartment block could have their own little community garden and grow things. That, that's just, I think, something that, that's gold to be living in a building that has that sort of foresight to be able to do that on the roof and to encourage people to go and grow things and to share them with the others in the building. What a fantastic idea. Hmm. Um, stress management, you mentioned you like to meditate. What other sort of stress management ideas do you think people could well, can learn about? 
What other ways can they manage stress? On that note, you've got, you know, the, the current, you know, buzz is mindfulness. So mindfulness, meditation. Um, but then on the other side, if it, for me, exercise is great for relieving stress, whether it's going for a cycle, um, going for a walk, going into the bush where there's nature, relieve stress. And um, for me, the big one is dancing. And that's got music as well. So I'm moving my body. I'm listening to some music. And that really uh, diminishes any stress I might be going through. Well, for me, my form of stress relief and with all the rain that we've had and how dirty the ocean is at the moment, like as in it's not, not a great place to be, but it, being in the ocean and swimming is, um, and that's how I've come to meet you through people that I swim with. Um, but honestly, that's the most brilliant stress release for me. Uh, um, and we talk about vitamin C, SEA. It's just such a great place to be. The ocean, if you're in the ocean for 20 minutes, it seems it has such a calming effect and, and really grounds you. But I want to come back to dancing or dancing. Um, what sort of dancing do you enjoy the most? I'm a disco queen. <laughs> so that's one of my nicknames is the dancing queen or the disco queen so because I used to teach disco back in the day I used to go to people's houses I used to do demonstrations and nightclubs and um, teach people disco and nightclubs and things and uh, so disco is definitely my number one go-to and then recently I started to take a look at rock and roll which, ah. but of course we haven't been able to do that uh, because of covid but yeah so rock and roll was really it's so energetic it's way more energetic than i thought it was <laughs> yeah, there's so many forms of dancing like and disco dancing to me doesn't you know doesn't you know do it for me but i love sort of partner dancing and i love look where there's a style of dancing and it's probably in melbourne as well called um soroka modern jive and I really love Ciroc and I love being spun around the floor and I love being led by a man who's a strong lead in a dance. It's just, oh, there's nothing feels better to me than being on a dance floor with someone that can dance and lead you around and spin you and throw you and threaten to go back. It's another thing that once I retire from my full-time role one day, there's, you know, there's surfing and there's, dancing and there's there's more things that I'll have time to do yeah well apart from the the line type of disco dancing I was uh, doing disco with a partner so the disco demonstrations were actually with another with a guy so uh, you know we, we were doing that as well it's so enjoyable isn't it you know and the music it, especially when you get a good song you know when I used to love um dancing to with the rock and modern jive was a lot of um Robbie Williams Oh, his some of his music is so good to do Soroka Modern Jive to. It just, you know, gets in your blood. <laughs> I have had a I have had a whirl at Ciroc, but I haven't um, done that down in Melbourne yet. Yeah, so it's probably popular down there. It's been around for a while now, and um, but there are, as you say, there's so many t forms of dancing. I've heard uh, a lot of people taking up tap. Um, I've just started taking up tap too. <laughs> it's uh I look I'm honestly I love I love looking you know if you've ever been to a tap show and seen the energy that dancers expend 
doing tap dancing. It's, you know, it's such great exercise, but it's also, you know, a very clever type of dance. We like the tap dogs in Steel City. We're seeing all those guys up there dancing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So actually something that they've been doing in some of the nursing homes, they've been experimenting on uh, teaching dance in the, the nursing homes again for the memory it's good for mental health. And I think people in the, the some of the older people in the nursing homes are really, uh, it's making a difference in their lives by getting up and dancing. Yes, dance, fantastic for your brain health. Fantastic. So you give 110% in your life. What drives you? I'm driven to make sure that as many people live as long as possible in their homes. So they're independently living in their homes for as long as possible um, because none of us want to be in a facility. And so by keeping fit, keeping our brains healthy, keeping our attitudes there, we're going to stay living on our own, in our own homes, living a great life, quality life for as long as possible. And I was inspired by my dad because he was still driving at 93 and a half. So you're planning on his own. And living on his own. Well, my mum still until this week lives on her own. She's had she's had a bit of a um a fall this week and and broken a bone in a pelvis. But yeah, we'll get through that and hopefully have her back home because she enjoys living on her own. And uh, I think you know, life for her here is good. And there, there is help around for people that want to stay at home. What's some of the most adventurous things that you've tried? Well, I'm going to kick that one off with a, it is an adventure. When I was 58, I moved from Sydney to Melbourne and I left all my friends, my house of 28 years. I had no, no one in Melbourne and I just moved interstate, moved my entire life to a t- and totally different environment. Um, at the age of 58 and of course a lot of people thought I was totally crazy to do that and I'm in Melbourne and loving it so that was a big adventure to do that just to go and live in a different location um, looking at some of the other things uh, you know I did pole dancing as well um, I trekked Machu Picchu Mm-hmm. and I was the oldest person doing that in my group um most of them were under 30 <laughs> yes um zip lining uh climbing the mast on a tall ship so I've done that in the Caribbean on the biggest tall ship in the world uh, so that's, that's impressive yeah. sorry that's impressive <laughs> Maybe the maybe the climbing the pole at the pole dancing helped you to climb the mast. <laughs> well, there was a rope ladder to climb up. We didn't actually have to climb the pole. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, all those climbing skills, you know. <laughs> um, and then I actually learned to scuba dive at 58 as well. So that was a real big uh, challenge to do scuba diving because it was a bit scary. Um, just just surviving the medical was enough. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but you've got a, your, your heart was beating. So, so you know, I, I did the dive medical and he goes, oh, your eyesight's not very good, you know, like, and then it's like, oh, your hearing's deteriorating. And then, 
stand let's look at your balance and I like fell over in 10 minutes <laughs> you know like so I was like I'm obviously deteriorating with age but he still said uh, uh you know cardiovascularly and with uh, blood sugars diabetes etc I was still and I was fit to die at that age I think some of the things we add on our bucket list we have to be realistic about and if you're going to do things like trek Machu Picchu or go diving or take up a sport like surfing, you have to have a certain amount of fitness and ability. You can, you know, but or you've got to build up to it. You know, you can, you can get there, but you've got to build up to it. But what I'm trying to say is bucket list, there has to be some reality in your bucket list. Yes, well, you have to you have to train for everything, and I'm the, one of the reasons I encourage everybody to keep fit and active is the fitter and more active you are, the more things you can try, yeah, the more experiences you can have. I recently did a podcast uh, with two friends of mine who sailed around the world on a yacht, and Sid, the woman who did this sailing, just prior to deciding to do this. She'd never sailed before. So she had to learn to sail to do it. And part of it is she has a motto of never say never. So her kids said to her, but, Mum, you've never sailed. But, Mum, you get seasick. But, Mum, you don't know anyone with a boat. (laughs) And it was like everyone kept putting these things in front of her, but, but, but. But, you know, she overcame every one of those buts. And over a two-year period with another friend, she sailed around the world. So part of that is never say never. If you really want to do something, you can start at the beginning and slowly work your way towards that goal and hopefully achieve it. Yes, absolutely. And then it makes it a really big tick off the bucket list. Yes, I'm planning to cycle in Vietnam eventually, but I know I'm going to have to do some training for that. Well, I was planning on cycling and horse riding and trekking in Mongolia next year, but that's a little bit on hold till after COVID. I can horse ride, so that's one thing in my favour, and I can ride a bike and I can walk, so I can do each of those three things. I'm not sure how the butt's going to go on a horse because I haven't been on one for a while. It might be a bit tender after a few days on a horse. (laughs) Have you ever tried silks? No, I know you have, but no, I have not. It hasn't come across my uh, radar yet. It's a hard one. You talk about climbing a pole in pole dancing, using the silks, and this obviously technique, that's a really hard one. But another thing I really enjoyed, and I think this comes down to the yoga type of sports, is aerial yoga. Have you tried aerial yoga? No, I haven't. It's very relaxing and they do it in those silk hammocks. Yes. Safe. They teach you the technique. It's really very safe. But, wow, it's just such a a really relaxing sport or type of activity to take up. I really, really enjoyed it. There's not a lot of places around that do it, but if anyone can find one, it's just such a great form of exercise and relaxation and yoga. So... I want to ask you about three words that you would use to describe yourself. Well, um, titanium enhanced energizer bunny. <laughs> yes. Battery operated. 
Because I had a nasty accident and smashed my half of my face and my skull in, so I've got titanium plates right through my face. Really? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that hasn't, you know, slowed me down at all. You know, so 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 that sort of covers a bit of my, you know, my attitude to life is, you know, you have accidents, but you just get back up and get back into it, and. The three words in relating to that is adventurer, energetic, and courageous. Everyone thinks I'm, you know, very courageous. I've just reinvented myself again career-wise as well, you know, like moving house, going, you know, to a different state, etc. So courage to try new things and get out of my comfort zone. Courage is a really great tool to have in your, you know, or it's something you learn as you go. Do you feel that? Uh, well, I think that when I was growing up, I was involved in the Girl Guides. Mm-hmm. And I think that had a great part to play in forming my character and personality and teaching me to try new things, to use initiative, to, you know, if you fall down, get up, you know, that sort of thing. And look, at a word that I often hear to these days is, um, and I'm going to say that you're a very resilient person. Whatever happens, you will find a way to actually move through that and get on with it. Would I be correct in saying that? Yeah. Uh, yes, other people have described me as that as well. <laughs> I think resilient is a really, really good quality. And, and I think people build resilience just through doing things. I think the more times you fall down, the more times you get back up again, the stronger your resilience is. I'm not sure if you're able to talk about what's coming up for you in 2021. Uh, well, the yes, I've got the TV show going in Victoria and South Australia, um, which is a permanent time slot. That'll go right through as long as the TV channel's operating. Uh, I'm also hosting another TV show for the uh I'm shooting that in January. So shooting the Seniors Festival TV show, so I'm hosting that. And they're also looking at doing a live chat show, TV show. So I'll be doing a bit of TV, I guess. (laughs) Well, you're very well suited to TV. But, you know, the TV you're currently doing, that's quite a lot of work. How do you get... Tell us a little bit about your TV program and the background um, and what's involved with putting your weekly show together. Yes, it's a monster, monster of a monster. And it was created. (laughs) A monster, monster of a monster. (laughs) (laughs) It was created out of COVID because um, I felt very sorry for all the seniors in lockdown in, in Victoria in particular where you had, you know, six months of very severe lockdown. Um, So I wanted to do something to keep them active, to keep them inspired, to keep them entertained, you know, for their mental health. So I I pitched this to the channel, they grabbed it, and uh, the rest is history. And the show has inspiration, it has a fitness component every time where we do some exercise. And then it has an educational component. So I've had lots of amazing guests on that work in the over 50 space. Yep. Talking about everything from mindfulness to strength training to brain fitness to whatever and yourself and your lovely self. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) 
So, yes, so I've got uh, that's expanding all the time with the types of people that are coming on the show. And on that, we look at different things for you to try, you know, whether it is things like zip lining or I even did a segment on rat trapping. You know, if you want to help nature and get out in the bush and, you you know, help kill stoats and rats and things like that. So we cover some very interesting topics. Yeah, you certainly do. But there's a lot of hours of work in that for you. Um, how do you find your guests? Uh, just by being alert. Uh, you know, I'm looking at who's involved with seniors festivals and who I'm bumping into and connections and all that. And I had to, I'm editing the whole thing myself. So I had to, that took a bit of a learning curve, trying to find an editing program, teach myself to edit. I do all the choreography myself, um, the sourcing of the music, etc. The photography and filming, lighting, everything I do myself. And because it has been done in lockdown for six months and only now, well, once I'm out of the moon boot, <laughs> I'll be able to get out and do some filming out and about. I think that you've, you've just hit on something for me, that you've had to learn to edit, to put the music in, to do all that's like the whole, I have this thing about lifelong learning and I've had to learn a lot too about podcasting and finding the right people for your podcast. Where do you find them? Who are you talking to? What topics of interest? And I think that's part of your lifelong learning. And I bet that you are 100 times smarter. <laughs> I think all this stuff makes you smarter. Do you agree with that? Well, a lot of people would say, oh, I wouldn't know how to do it. I wouldn't know where to start. It sounds all too difficult. And I'm just like, got to be done. Got to do it. That's it. Yeah. So it's all, you know, you've reinvented yourself in those terms. And I think a lot of people in their 50s, you know, this is an opportunity for them to jump in and reinvent themselves. There's so many things. Like, you know, I've got a best friend, Dr. Google, <laughs> and, um, and, and Dr. Google's mate, YouTube. I um I hang out with them a lot to learn and I'll be sitting here at my computer tearing my hair out trying to figure out something and I'll go oh, I know who I'll call I'll just go visit and away you go you can find out how to do so many things if you've got a computer yeah and I actually did a couple of YouTube conferences as well and uh, I was about 40 years older than anyone else there oh. <laughs> All the YouTubers are like 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I learned a lot and that, that's helped me with everything I'm doing now. And I'm doing a social media course now and, you know, everyone's, most people are do, that are doing this course are doing it to become social media experts and work for other people. I'm doing it for myself to learn how to do my own social media because I'm, I'm just going to say it, I'm crap at social media. <laughs> So at the moment I have someone doing it for me and, you know, I one day want to be able to do it for myself uh, and understand it. Even if I don't do it for myself, I want to understand it more. So hence I took up a social media course. <laughs> but I think, I, you know, I look at that finding even in lockdown, there's always something to do. It's, it keeps your mind very busy. I'm, I do like downtime, but it does help to keep your mind busy. Well, it makes you creative too. Now, are there any more books? Do you, do you see yourself one day writing another book? 
Uh, not at the moment. Uh, the first one I did was called Five Minute Fitness, uh, just to get people, you know, off their off their backsides and moving. Because the first five minutes leads to the next five minutes, leads to the next hour. Um, and there's the live and kicking. And I was contemplating one. I did sort of draft out a you know outline, but it's not on the cards currently. <laughs> one well, we're going to keep our um our ears to the ground for that. But Alive and Kicking, you sold 11,000 copies, which is brilliant. Yeah, and I did a DVD, Health for Seniors as well, which was over 10,000 copies that went around Australia. So that was all about fitness, motivation, attitude, everything for seniors. Is there someone you, um, this is a trick question. No, it's not really. This is a question you're not aware I'm going to ask you. Um, is there someone over 50 that you really admire? One person. You're only allowed to have one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's a lot of people would say this, but Oprah, I'm still a fan of Oprah. So, you know, what she's been able to achieve with her background and she's got a lot of resilience. So she's yeah, the one that comes to mind, first of all. She does inspire so many people. Now, I, I um, sent you a message this morning saying a favourite quote. Well, this is one I use <laughs> quite a bit. Um, growing older is inevitable, but growing up is optional. Ah. So you just, you know, you never do it. Like, another thing I say all the time is life's too short to be serious. So you just got to get out, have fun, be a kid, find the inner kid in yourself. Um, because you're going to get older, but you can nothing to stop you from constantly having fun. How important to you is laughing? Well, yes, laughing is great. I did do a course in stand-up comedy. Did you? <laughs> yes. So I try to put a bit of humour into, you know, my speaking and presentations and things like that. Yes, I think... Well, I think that laughing, I don't laugh enough. I always say that to people, I don't laugh enough. I, I, I would love to be a person that laughed out loud more often. So I practice every now and again. I sort of go, you know, today you're going to go out and you're going to laugh at a few things. And I try to laugh at myself because I'm so serious. <laughs> I just think, Have you done a laughter class? I've, no, I haven't. Uh, I was going to do one a few years ago and then it disappeared from the area where I was going to do it. But I will. Have you done laughter classes? I've done one or two, yes. Did you like them? Yes, I did. It was good. But you have to be uninhibited to do it, and but I, that's not a problem for me, but it might be a little bit of a challenge for some people just to let go and, you know, because I've got a pretty loud, crazy laugh as it is. I like them. Um, I've got a couple of friends that have brilliant laughs and I, I know when they're 100 metres away, I can hear them coming and I think, oh, yeah, this is going to be a good day. She's around. Um, Carol, if people want to find out more about you, watch your show, how do they do that? Well, all the shows, well, I suppose the, the key place to go would be my website, which is carolohalloran.com carolohalloran.com that does have all the tv shows on there with all the episodes listed that you can click straight through to the youtube channel uh, which is over 50 so what 
So Facebook and YouTube are over 50, so what? But everything about me speaking, entertaining, uh, the TV shows is on the website, carolahalloran.com. Well, thank you to our mutual friend, Brian, for introducing us. Um, I know we're a state apart and that's difficult for us to visit state to state at the moment. It's like, oh, my God, crossing that border. One day I know we'll meet in person. We've got so much in common and uh, I look forward to learning more about you and to get onto your website myself and look at some of the, the YouTube, the, the, the shows you've done on YouTube. But, Carol, thank you again for joining me this morning. It's been absolutely fabulous to hear your inspiring story and how you inspire the over 50s. And so what? Yes, that's right. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show, Karen. I mean, uh, anytime I can uh, pursue or promote the message Aging Fearlessly, I'm very, very happy to do it. And I will be continuing to spread that message for you. Well, you are a woman after my own heart. You know, you, you're doing very similar things to me probably on a bigger scale at the moment than me. But look, honestly, the over 50s, some people need the inspiration. I say to inspire, motivate and educate. That's what Aging Fearlessly is about. Um, and you certainly inspire, motivate and educate me. So thank you, Carol. Thanks so much, Karen. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright. Outside. There's a sparkle in your eye It's not all nine to five It's a wonderful life Let's go and climb mountains high Swim across oceans wide